0: When you retire, you may get a chance to go to football heaven. This is football heaven. Hello and welcome to The Mission. I'm your host, Jameer Howerton, and we hope that you have been enjoying On Our Road to Excellence series where we have been given the golden opportunity to catch up with finalists from this year's 2021 class of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And so far, we had the honor of speaking with Clay Matthews, Alan Fanica, and Richard Seymour. Now, this year's class has four finalists for first year eligibility. Meaning, basically, there are four potential first ballot Hall of Famers in this year's class. And today, I get a chance to speak with Motor City's own Megatron, Mr. Calvin Johnson. How you doing, sir? Doing great, doing great. Thanks for the intro. (laughs) Oh, man, welcome to the mission. I can't wait to dive in and talk about your rich tradition, your 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 football legacy. But before we go in, what was that phone call like that you received the notice from CEO President Mr. David Baker?
1: Uh, pretty awesome. You know, uh, got the call about maybe a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, man, uh, just to just to hear. You know, just, I mean, all the work that has that gone down, you know, obviously, you know, it's a personal, um, personal deal, but it's a, it's a team sport, you know, for all of us to come together. We'll all celebrate this together, and it'll be a tremendous uh, honor, you know, when that time comes. Speaking
0: of that honor, this is your first year of being a finalist. What does it mean when you look back at your history, when you look back at your football legacy? What does this mean to you, your family, and just balling out there as a young kid playing football?
1: You know, just going out there, just anything you put your mind to, you know, greatness. You know, mom I always told me when you're a kid, you know, you're a king, you know, it's only you. You gotta believe it yourself, you know. Nobody else is going oh. to tell you, nobody else is gonna believe in it if you don't, you know, you have to go out there and show the world, you know, what you could do. Um, um and, and I think it's just that, you know, just that spiritual foundation, you know, just having that 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 great upbringing, you know, that 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 support system, you know, just gave you more more reason to fight for it and continue to excel.
0: You know, I know you've asked answered this question numerous times, but I really want to revisit this question, Um, the nickname Megatron, we know it came from a teammate Roy Williams, who is hilarious, by the way, but I really want to know how did it happen, you know what I mean because you know certain nicknames come and you know I just want to know how did how did that nickname come I can only imagine.
1: But I have to say, like, with everything else in my life, probably for some other people as well as timing, um, just happened to be in 2007, uh, I think that's my rookie year, yeah, uh, Transformers came out, the first the first Transformers came out, and, you know, I guess it just, it's coming out, and I'm out there flying around the field, big, fast guy, and Roy just all of a sudden just started calling me, hey, man, you Megatron. You know, and and at the time- Was it seven or seven
0: or was it during team drill? Uh, You know what I mean? Because I can (laughs) see- I don't even remember exactly what it was. I mean, how did he say it? Like, yo, you know you Megatron right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's just like, he came off like, man, you know what? You know, I'm going to start calling you Megatron. You know, and the funny thing, it didn't catch on at all that first year at all. It's like really towards the end of my second year when people actually started calling
0: me. Wow. 6'5", 230 plus, ran a four three five forty. It's moving, man. That's moving. Yeah, where did man. this Where did this speed come from? Like,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I've always grown up. I guess I'd say I was moderately fast. Not that I was never the fastest guy in the room, but I always wanted to work. I always wanted to be the fastest person. I know. I, I mean, I wasn't built for. but I was like, hey, you know, like I say, I always say, anything you put your mind to, you can do it. So fortunately, you know, I went down to Tom Shaw training after uh, my junior year in college. Went down there. It's like a speed school, along with um, you know, for every uh, you know, there's different coaches for every for every position um but we all we did was work on speed you know over speed you know pulling with the bungees uh resistance you know strengthening those legs you know and in turn you know we had like probably like three or four of the fastest times in the combine that year wow you yeah. shaw, shaw training down orlando
0: listen <laughs> man the second pick <laughs> the highest in georgia tech history talk about that honor man that's huge
1: yeah man i mean from the work that, that we put in in college, we had a great, um, uh, I say we, cause I just think all my teammates, you know, we had a great uh, college career there. We, we had a lot of wins. Uh, I think that more than we were doing there at Tech at the time, um, you know, we're beating school, big schools like Miamis of the world, you know, at, at their own home, you know, so, um, be able to come out of there um produce like we did you know the coaches believed in me from from day one they threw me into the fire i think that's what started man they threw me in the fire the first day i got there and from that point on you know it wasn't no looking back you know i'm in it you know i got to keep on in my mindset you know just to strive for perfection you know it's it's a constant detail looking at that film and like oh, oh that little step wasn't right Oh, uh, I didn't catch that ball as clean as I needed to. You know, just little things like that. You know, you work on those little things day by day, you stack them up and, you know, it creates that that greatness that, that, that translates to the field.
0: Amazing. Before I ask this question about your career, because I want to dive in and talk about the 2012 season because, I mean, it was amazing. Um, what has the phone calls like been? I know you spoke with CEO, President David Baker, but what's it been like just now knowing like your former teammates, former classmates, teachers, who has been calling you saying congratulations, congratulations, Calvin. I get a new congratulations every day. You know,
1: I see somebody that I haven't seen ever since I got the honor, you know, um, of, uh, of being a finalist a, a couple of weeks ago. So every day I see somebody new that I haven't seen, I'm getting the congratulations again and again, you know, it's just like, you know, for so what? You know, I'm like, oh shoot, yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: When you look back at your career, who was that one guy, and I know you mentioned it, and I really want to dive into it, but who was that one guy that just gave you fits that you knew like, oh, goodness gracious, I got to face this guy, it's going to be a long day. I had to start with um, very beginning of my career, um, you know, I wouldn't
1: say, you know, Al Harris, you know, playing with him in Green Bay. And the reason was, and I think it kind of built me eventually uh, for the rest of my career, was that when we started, you know, Roy really hate playing, hated playing against uh, uh, against Al Harris. Why? Because Al, all he did was jam and put his hands in your face, you know, from, from the first play to the last. And not many guys are gonna come out here every each and every day and get in your face and push you around and, and and battle for a whole 65 plays. They're gonna be like half of those plays they take off. Nah, Al was in your face trying to hit you in the face, getting your chest every play. So I was like, dang, man, like, is this how this is going to be? Is this is how the NFL is. I'm like, Oh, I got, I got a lot of work to do, you know? So after that first year, you know, I was all, that's all I worked on. I worked on footwork. I worked on getting off the line of scrimmage because I mean, if you work hard early and down, the rest of it's easy.
0: Yeah. I can tell because working hard, this, this came about, <laughs> I mean, really <laughs> talking about display. Do you remember this? Because yeah, I've, I've never seen – I mean, I've seen this special teams you know, when the gunner but not on a regular down on a goal line. And people ask me, like, when you play gunner,
1: they'll show me that picture. I'm like, I ain't never played gunner, man. How, they're trying to stop the fade. I wish they would have just threw it up so I could do it. Let me do it. Let me do it on them.
0: <laughs> Talked about that 2012 season where you had 1,964 yards, most ever in a single season. What made that season so special in Detroit?
1: Man. I, I look back at that season, and I had to think uh, about uh, Sean Jefferson. Yeah, he, um, he played like thirteen, uh, a couple of different teams. But talking about the best receiver coach is in the league that I've ever had. Probably is still the best one in the league right now. Um, halfway through that season, Sean came to me and he said, "You know, you're on pace to um, break uh, Jerry Rice's record." He's like, "We're gonna go get it." I looked at him like. Like, shoot, man, that's dang, boy, that's that's a tall order, you know what I'm saying? But we were having a great season. Uh, we were having 200 yard games here and there. He's like, Yeah, you gonna need about two, two more, three more, three, three uh, 200 yard games in order to get it. I'm like, Dang, coach, like, some guys don't even get that in the season, man. You I gotta get two. I'm like, Dang, but you know, he was on me every game pushing me and I never, you know, i was like I never was like, I'm gonna go get Jerry's record. All I was like, I'm gonna put my head down and I'm gonna grind and I'm gonna take advantage of every opportunity I get. That's all I could do. You know, I might get thrown the ball five times a game. I might get it thrown 10 times a game. But I'm gonna try to make every one of those that come my way. And I think it's just that mindset, you know, to kind of, you know, uh guide us to the end and, and push us over the top. And it I mean, it was no better way to do that than playing Atlanta, the home team, you know, from Georgia. So being from Georgia to, to do that against Atlanta, you know, that was awesome. And to do it in front of the home crowd, that was that made it all that much more special.
0: What is that? What What's that communication like? You know, you speak of Jerry Rice. You know, I know guys are very ultra competitive, but at the end of the day, we want to see each other win. So did you get a chance to hear from Jerry? Did you have that communication with him? The first time, I mean, Jerry, he came on, the, on Jumbotron, I guess the team probably got him to say
1: something. Um, leading up to that, leading up to the end of the season, there. But the first time I actually met Jerry, man, was on, on when I was doing Dancing with the Stars. You know, they surprised me at the end of one of my dances and had him throw the ball to me. I'm glad I ain't dropped it because I, <laughs> I was so surprised when I saw it, when he threw it to me. I, I'm just glad I didn't drop the ball and mess up my dance. But uh, <laughs> that was the first time I met Jerry, man. It's awesome. That was his a, a way to meet him. great.
0: That's a. Great segue, cause I was gonna talk about that later, but now that we're here, <laughs> let's dive into that. What was that experience like, man? That, that I think that that taught me like a life lesson that we already knew
1: was that anything you put your mind to, you could do it. I was always I never danced. I I, I I'm gonna go ahead and say I couldn't dance at first. I mean, my wife, my sister she was like you can't dance you ain't got no business going on that show and then my sister you know that we we competed all the way up she was like three years four years older than me and once she's I think it was her probably that saying that that you can't do it you know it kind of burned inside a little bit and I'm like okay I'm gonna go show you <laughs> and it was cool you know I made it to the finalists you know it was an awesome experience I had a great partner in Lindsay I'm so glad she won a mirror ball like a year later or something like that but you know it was a phenomenal, phenomenal experience just being around all those people. Obviously being get to spend time in LA, but just dancing, doing something you know you have trouble with, you know, and to be to excel at it, you know, just like I say, just a
0: reminder that we can do anything we put our minds to. That's pretty cool because I grew up a dancer, tap dancer, jazz, ballet, everything. And I and I loved Lynn Swan because you know, I love football too, and I played football. But you know, guys want to make fun of you, like, oh man, you're a dancer or, you know, you go through that, but <laughs> did you find yourself having a deeper appreciation, you know, for the discipline? <laughs> so much appreciation, I wish, you know, you hear about guys doing ballet
1: and dancing, like they used to hear about like the Lin Swans did this, like they helped them with their football. I wish I did that from the from the very beginning. Talking about footwork, you're you're, you're light on your
0: toes. I was just like, oh, why wasn't I doing this from the beginning? <laughs> I mean, Barishnakoff is truth. He was Man. the truth. Gregory Hines, I mean, that skill, the rhythm, that it's, it's real. It's it's, yes. it's I know you're not competing on the level of of, of an athlete, but you are an athlete. 100 percent
1: And you're getting the work of an athlete. That's for danger. You get some work when you're dancing, boy. I lost about 10 you, pounds during that.
0: You did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. I mean, even live down was playing football. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? You know what, Calvin? I want to read off some testimonials. And I really want to get your reflection um, on, on, on your, your reflection on, on yeah. what some, some people had said to you, said about you. Um, mm-hmm. he's truly one of the most remarkable people I've ever met. And I have so much respect for him as anyone I know. Calvin's character, integrity, selflessness, and humility are unmatched. His exemplary work ethic and approach to the game of football made everyone around him better. Head coach Jim Caldwell.
1: Oh, man, that's, <laughs> that's I love coach, man. That's probably one of the most respected uh, coaches I've ever had. Obviously, um, he might have been my first head coach as a, that was a black man, but um, to see how he, uh, led a team, you know. There's some guys that come around rah rah cursing and stuff like that. That man did not cuss, and I tell you that trickled down through the whole uh, organization about how we as men handle ourselves and our communication with other people. Uh, not only that, I mean he's been he's been around grace, you know. He's been around so many grace, and for you know to get a, a compliment like that from a man like that, you know, I just try to go out here and uh, you know lead by example. I'm not the biggest rah rah guy and stuff, but I know that if I'm if I'm the best player on the field and I go out here and bust my hump and y'all see me doing it. And there's, I mean, there's nothing less suspected from, from the rest of you.
0: Okay. Another guy I want to read off to you. He says, by far, Calvin presents more troubles for me than any other receiver, because he's big, fast, he's physical. He's going to block. He's always in the game, play in and play out. So you have to make sure you're on your P's and Q's. Patrick Peterson.
1: (laughs) I knew that was coming from Pat. It's like every year, we had to play Arizona for some reason every year. I'm like, why do we play the same team every year, even though they're not in our division, in our, in our, you know, in our uh, current division. So playing Pat, man, one other than, um, you know, um, the gentleman I mentioned at the beginning, you know, he's in your face every play he wants to press, you know, he wants to disrupt. And that's the same thing for me. You know, I want to be in your face. I want to give it to you every play until you give up. I want to keep on putting it on you, whether it's blocking, whether it's getting the pass thrown to me. Now I will reach, I will back up and say, if they were going me 20 balls a game, this thing would be ugly out here. <laughs> it wouldn't be any more record standing.
0: <laughs> now your teammate Nate Burleson said that there were moments where you asked him to change positions because you wanted to block.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a game where we playing. We might, we might have been playing in Cleveland, and um, a linebacker took a cheap, cheap shot at me at one play. And you know, I, I remember you taking cheap shots at me. I'm, i trying to get you. I'm trying to tag you back. So he, <laughs> I told Nate, I am like, "Let me get in the slot, dude. I got to hit this dude. Like, I got, I got, I'm mad. I got to hit him. Let me go get him. You know." So Nate's like, "All right, you got it, dog." And he let me go get him. And I, you know, I just went in there. Head first, probably would have got a fine and penalty nowadays, but you know, I just had to tag him back because he took a cheap shot on me. And uh, actually, there's another play where I got the ball and I saw him, and instead of going to scoring a touchdown, I ran right at him and just tried to truck him. I mean, I, I ended up on the one yard line and we still scored, but it was just, you know, I was seeing red that day.
0: <laughs> you know, what was it like playing in front of Lions Nation? You know, we always talk about, you know, everybody, every everybody's team has the best fans in all the professional sports. Yeah. But what was it like playing in front of Lions Nation?
1: Oh man, I'm gonna go back to one game in particular. We started on five. We we're playing the Chicago Bears on Monday night and that yeah that year man i mean you got to see what Lion nation is all about not not, not that they're any different um any other season but you juiced up on monday night and you're 5 and 0 oh, you're going to be juiced up at any other time so i tell you that's the loudest i ever heard 60 65,000 people man in one place granted we're in a, we're in a dome setting so that thing's bound, all that noise is bouncing off the ceiling but you talking about deafening i believe you no know, i think i believe the bears probably had uh 11 Uh, pre-snap penalties that game that's how loud it was it was thunderous and you know that those are the times man we had some great teams around that time some great offenses and we were rolling
0: well the pro football hall of fame has teamed up with ford for the official ford fan vote for the past 10 years now and this is an opportunity where fans get a chance to vote like hall of fame selectors and i have to tell you man you're in the top five um you're 23,164 votes that the fans are like really pulling for you for this year's 2021 That's class. Awesome. So yeah. I had to mention that. And, you know, it seemed like every year you talked about playing in Arizona, every year you guys play on the Thanksgiving Bowl. How, yep. how does that happen? You know, it's just tradition, tradition. And I
1: remember there's a while there where uh, I think it's after I was playing when I got done, after I retired, they're trying to get the Lions off of that game because <laughs> they weren't doing any good. But While we were playing, man, that was probably one of the funnest games because you know you get to national stage. You know you're playing, like, Green Bay or Chicago, one of the other big dogs in the division. So it's even that much more important being a divisional game. So the only thing that sucked about that game is the fact that you're playing three games in 12 days, and that's the third of those games. So that's the only thing. If you make it to that game healthy, you know, I mean, you're juiced up either way, but, you know, it's it's showtime. And I I was fortunate to have some, some good Thanksgiving games, man.
0: That's great. That's great. You know, I know the Pro Football Hall of Fame isn't in your backyard, but it's not that far away. Have you ever been to the Hall of Fame? Have you ever walked through and, and, and went through? You have. When, when when'd you come? This might have been probably towards
1: the beginning of my career. Um, I'm trying to think. Was it a was the team might have played and in, in, um, we might have played and uh played the played the browns and took a trip over the Hall of Fame one year I believe but yeah going through there seeing all the busts seeing all the history you know that was awesome it, it was it was phenomenal yeah
0: now Can't you spoke about that. Jerry you, you spoke about Jerry Rice earlier but if you did have the opportunity and you were in this year's class who is that Hall of Famer that you want to sit down and talk with
1: who hey. <laughs> who do I want to sit down and talk with hey that's a tough one, man hmm Hmm. I would I would want to speak with anybody that was a teammate to any of my coaches, especially Sean J. I want to I, I got an idea what Sean Jefferson was like. He seemed like he was a live wire back then. Just knowing him now, you know, we kind of calm down as we get older. And I see him as a wire. I just want to see what he was like, like as, as a teammate back during those days. I think he was great. I just I'm just curious um, just to meet. Um, I mean, I, I've, met, I've met Randy, um, you know, T.O. Uh, Jerry, I mean, those guys that helped me model my game, you know, I wanted to be able to be durable, like, like a T.O. Moss guys like, like, like Randy, you know, um, and, and do those great things and put it, but, but put it all up under one hood, you know, and, and, you know, be the best route runner, be the best big playmaker. You know, um, be the best blocker. I want to do all those things exceptionally and, and put it all in one package. So, I mean, I'm thankful for those guys coming before me, and you know, be able to, being able to spend some time with those guys. Uh, and a gold jacket would be pretty nice. <laughs> pretty
0: so nice. it's safe to say, if you get if you get selected and you get you get elected into this year's class, you coming to Tampa Bay? Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. If I if I get selected, yeah, I'm, I'm down there.
0: Well, before we let you go. I noticed that now in your career, your post-career, you're giving back, your foundation is giving back. Let's talk about that. What are yeah, some of yeah. the things that you're doing you know, to really strengthen and and to, and to spread that wisdom, the, the lessons that you learned along the way?
1: Yeah, a couple of things, yeah. So starting my foundation, Kevin Johnson Jr. Foundation in 2008. Um, I don't even know what year. We're, we're 10 plus years strong now. We've been given scholarships and our mission is just to uh, contribute to uh, the youth And uh, those families that have been uh, abused um, in society, and help making those uh, families and those youth uh, just more productive members of society through the programs and initiatives that we offer the conferences, the camps, um, you know, whether uh, the mentorship. Um, you know, just doing these programs throughout the year. We, today, this has been an awful year. Um, this year, as far as getting out in the community and, and doing things you know, face-to-face, I mean, we'll still give our scholarships and, uh, and things like that. But um, I mean, that's the main focus is just helping these young men, you know, giving them an example um, not just myself, but examples of people that are doing the things that they want to do. I mean, if you want to be an accountant, if you want to be a dentist, I try to put those people in front of my guys for conferences uh, on a yearly basis so that they can pick these guys' brains and, um, and, 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 and have a mentor, somebody that they can learn from and, and, and if, if they're doing the things that they want to do. And that's a, the that's a key thing is just to expose the guys to just different walks of life. And I mean, who knows? What you, you might not know what you want to do, and that's okay You know, as a young man. But you know, when you see it, you know, something might like clicking you. You know, you might be inspired. You might have passionate about it, and that's all we're looking for, just to you know get some of those guys going
0: in the right direction. That's amazing. Where did that come from, man? Where did where did your 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 yeah. in, internal mm-hmm. fortitude to want to give back? Where did that come from?
1: Yeah, I think just, um, just from family. I mean, my grandfather, mm-hmm. he's a Baptist preacher. He still preaches, and he's 80-plus years old now. Um, but just growing up, we were in the community. We gave. We went to church. Uh, we were constantly giving back um, in, in community programs. And I think for me, as a, growing, as a, as a young adult, it really didn't click on, on, on how much of an impact it is until I was actually able to do it and see it for myself. And it wasn't actually doing the Calvin Johnson Jr. Foundation. It was helping other guys in my first year with their foundation. And I was like, oh. We Gotta do this. I see the impact that we have on these kids. Yeah, these kids love to be around us, but they listen, they want to soak it in. And, and I and, and fortunately for me, I've been able to see some of my scholars go off and, and do some good things, you know. So, you know, it's you know, just to be able to take it full circle, you know, bring it back down to the grassroots level and, and just kind of you know re- Re, uh, re, reinvigorate all the young guys out there and just give them something to grow off of, man. That's that's what I love to do. And other than that, you know, non-foundation related, I love just talking to guys, receivers. I mean, even cornerbacks, you know, about what I've learned on the field. Mm. You know, I love to go back and pour it into them and give it all to them, let them soak it up. And, you and, know, and, and I do that nowadays. I, I've been around to a couple of different teams and just sat down with the receivers, talked to them, you know get inside their head and just you know see what makes them great what, what what makes them tick and uh just pour everything i got and i don't have nothing to hide you know i just want to give it back
0: with that being said my man down in seattle he looks like he could be a megatron junior
1: that boy he's he's he slower than me man that boy <laughs> <laughs> he's like a linebacker for real anyway. <laughs> killing it's funny man i talked to Metcalf a couple weeks ago and you know he mentioned you know you know, I didn't mean any disrespect or whatever when they were doing the comparison. I'm like, dude, you said what you're supposed to say. You say you, you're trying to be the best version of yourself. And that may, if that makes you better than me, that so be it. If you're trying to be the best version of yourself, man, you should, I mean, that's all, that's all you can ask for. Just try to perfect your own craft and it's going to take you where it takes you. You don't have to worry about comparing yourself to me or to a Randy Moss. No, do your thing and let it make your own name. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I told him, and um, I love his mindset where he's at, you know, as a young player, man, and I love, I love watching him.
0: Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Calvin Johnson, AKA Megatron. We thank you so much for joining us right here on the mission. Oh, this is great.
1: This is great. Thanks, man.